Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Jim Edmonds, doesn't understand acronyms. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Vin Samorka. Hi, everyone. I want to, before we get into that, I also want to point out that Jim Edmonds on a broadcast, I think it was last week, said that he did not understand splits, like uh, (laughs) lefty-righty splits. Professional broadcaster. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, this week, among many things, we are going to be talking about our trip to Fenway, some recent roster moves, the upcoming trade deadline and the rotation. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, this episode's going to be maybe a little lower energy than the ones we've had in the past. Um, but you know what? We did it. We're back. I think I might have broken a rib. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> it's at least very, very bruised. It happened. I, I'm not sure, but I have I, one of two two time one of two things. Either when I beefed it real hard out front of Fenway, which I don't think you saw. I did not see that. Oh, oh man! <laughs> Dang it! Um, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. Well, I, it was. I feel like I you know nailed it, but my I, it was it was a nice tuck and roll. Yeah, um, but my I've got various parts of my body that tell me I didn't land it as well as I <laughs> as I did, or it's because I was laughing so hard at three o'clock in the morning when that table split in half, and <laughs> I don't know that I've ever laughed any harder. There was a combination yeah. of a lot of things that came together for that moment, but um, I might have broken a rib because I was laughing well, so hard. My right knee is super swollen and I know exactly what happened. And that was, we were playing beer ball and I tried to, I I jumped over somebody's legs to go get the ball. And then I thought coming back that that person being a good sport would have moved their legs so that I didn't (laughs) have to jump over, but they did not. And I, I didn't have my wits about me. I basically just jumped over their legs and landed on the ground and my knee is just not working so well. So that. (laughs) That's where I'm at. We're getting old, Ben. Um, Yeah. What'd you think of Fenway? I I mean, it was everything I wanted to be and more. It was it was a a a dream come true, a long time coming, a uh, a bucket list item. I think, uh, you know, maybe short of the Hall of Fame, which I've been lucky enough to go to, it was probably the the number one baseball destination I have on my list. You know, it's hallowed grounds it's it's special it's the most i mean it's the most unique sporting event or a sporting uh uh venue i can think of um yeah i'm sure there's something old in europe that i'm i'm forgetting about that people will be mad about but um like i mean it it was maybe like a certain coliseum still in use they don't they don't (laughs) still kill people in there or whatever they did (laughs) that's a good point that's a good point um still why bother going right yeah (laughs) who needs it (laughs) 
put a diamond in there and I'll, I'll show up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was amazing. I think, you know, anyone who hasn't been there, who has been to Wrigley, it's, I think it's very reminiscent, you know, that you're walking through certain parts of the stadium and I'm not like a massive guy, but I, I'm a little t- on the taller side and, you know, my head's getting close to some of the beams that were kind of coming down and you're kind of the way you snake your way through the, the underside of Fenway is just, I, I love all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, our, the particular seats that we sat in were kind of just like wooden benches with <laughs> with like section markers in them. Um, they looked, you know, I don't know how long specifically those had been there, but they looked like they'd been there a very, very long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, you know, I, I don't I mean, you got to see the Ted Williams seat, uh, you know, 500 feet away from home play out there in in uh, in, in the outfield. Uh, we got to see the truly deck. I mean, it was <laughs> the hollow <laughs> The hallowed truly deck. Uh, the, I think well, the most recent addition to the entire stadium. I thought that was so funny. You know, we're we're talking to these two ushers when we walk in to get our seats, and we, you know, we got a group of fifteen some odd dumbass dudes uh, walking with us. So <laughs> it I was assume, uh, sixteen. You know, it was sixteen because it was fifteen. And then the server from the night before that we invited oh, yes. to the game. Yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Sonny. Sonny was there. <laughs> Sonny kept bringing me uh, sausages. I was, yeah. I was happy. Yeah. He kept, I, I think yeah. I had like three sausages that night. Um, so shout out to Sonny big time. Um, but yeah, I thought it was super funny. We were, we were kind of talking to the session and like I said, like, Hey, it's our first time here. What should we go check out? And they're like, Oh, the truly deck. The truly, we're like, you what are you gotta go about? to the truly deck? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it, it's like a truly hard seltzer, like uh, super modern. You know, it's got like <laughs> baseball shaped tables and and a super nice bar with flat screens all over it. So we went up there and you know we're kind of just poking around. But I I did think that that was a little bit funny. We're in a a hundred an over a hundred year old ballpark, and he says. Well, this you hard gotta, seltzer deck is where it's at. Yeah, you got to try out the seltzer deck. I, you know, I love baseball so much that I want everything that I'm doing, including the table that I'm sitting at, to be baseball yeah. related. So, <laughs> well, how do you did, know where you are? Right. Um, it did work out for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, the truly, I, I, I think you know the point they were making with us going to the truly deck is it's like way higher than everything, so we were able to yeah. see the full uh, stadium and sort of like look almost across and down a little bit to the green right. monster giving you a Ooh. you know kind of a unique perspective you know what i didn't expect nate what's that i i didn't expect the green monster to be so scary <laughs> i was terrified the whole time I was terrified the entire time i called the police i was uh really glad that we had that pole kind of in front of us <laughs> in our seats <laughs> oh yeah that that was a i think that actually added to the charm in our seats we had like two rows basically because we have so many dudes and uh, basically right in between the pitching mound and home plate was a big green, like, uh, I don't know, steel beam or whatever. Um, yeah, you could see everything, but there was like half a second where you'd lose the ball. Um, but again, it just added to the the charm. It's like of Wrigley. Yeah, Wrigley, yeah it is. Wrigley has the same thing. Yeah. The big posts right down in the middle. Uh, yeah, it was cool. It was uh, uh, and I mean, what a game too. Uh, you know, Cardinals only won one of the games of the series and we were at the one and they crushed them. Apparently, yeah, we should have just gone to all three. Ne- you know, next time yeah. we'll help the Cardinals out by doing that. But yeah, no, we got a great game. We got to explore the I don't. What do you call it? Ballpark fin- Fenway Village. Ballpark? Fenwayville. I don't know. I think no, they just no. call the whole area just like Fenway. Fenway Park. You know. Yeah, we got um, to do some exploring, which was really cool. Yeah, and and we had great weather, great game, great. I mean, yeah, it, it was 
it was great. Oh, I also, uh, we got to see, uh, well, a couple of things. It was a special game for many reasons. Yeah. One of those reasons was uh, Albert Pujols was honored by the Red Sox. Uh, and they Which, did a little thing for Yadier Molina as well. But they gave Diego him the Ortiz, five. Yeah, they yeah. gave him the five from the Green Monster. And uh, do you think that's because Machado said something? Or do you think they were planning that the whole time? And they're <laughs> like, oh, come on, guy. Like, <laughs> we were going to do that. Honestly, it's hard for me to say this, but I, I think we have to give Machado credit here. I, I don't know. I but like I also don't know like how often it is is uh big uh oh Jesus. <laughs> is Big Poppy just spending time in ball is he there all the time? Is he flying back and forth? Was that a whole did they do that whole thing for Albert or was know, he just I, there I and yeah, I don't know exactly how all that works, but it, like, it was pretty oh, cool and the crowd went crazy. They're like, oh shit. We should do something for Pujols. Uh, oh, Poppy's in town. That'll work. And uh, give him the yeah, give him the five from the scoreboard. We yeah. <laughs> no, it was really cool. Um, we we didn't we had like we were up on the truly deck raging pretty hard before we even realized, you know, that that was going on. Yeah, um, but it was I mean crazy to happen to have been there when uh you know when they did that which is which was really cool and, and we we got to see we already said this but we got to see a great game nolan hit a bomb right off the bat well literally off the bat right off the beginning of the game uh, i find Gorman, most home runs come off the bat <laughs> i knew you were going to say that <laughs> uh gorman hit that bomb to dead center which you know whether you've been to fenway or not you know that's an absolute bomb to get it over that yeah. big wall and center um and then another surprise, I can't believe that you guys uh, went through the great lengths to book this for me, but Neil Diamond came out and during the seventh inning stretch and sung Sweet Caroline. It was uh, He was the hardest get of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am deeply in debt. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, but uh, like that, obviously, I don't think any of us expected that uh, other than no. those who planned it. And talk about seeing a pack stadium go wild. I mean, they, they were happy yeah. about Big Poppy. They were happy about the game that was happening and everything like that. And uh, uh, like a, a lot of Red Sox fans, you know, pegged us immediately. And they were they were giving us a lot of grief, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But when Neil Diamond came out, that was like, I don't know if I've seen anything like that at a baseball. It was a whole baseball stadium screaming and singing every word. Us included. It was a ton of oh, fun. Yeah. Um, like earlier in the game, uh, I was talking to someone saying like, are you ready for uh, Sweet Caroline? You know, whenever, because uh, I knew that tradition. And, right. and I think we even joked about Neil Diamond being there because I was dropping diamond cutters on everyone whenever uh, <laughs> whenever all those home runs were happening. So um, I think I accidentally summoned Neil Diamond. <laughs> you may have. <laughs> He's an old man. He needs to get his rest. Leave him alone. <laughs> Big Bobby can carry him around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what more to ask for uh, from a, you know, the one time either of us have been to Boston, we get a, or uh, well, at least a Fenway. I had never been right. to Boston either. I don't know about yourself, but um, yeah, it was a great weekend. I ate more seafood in the last like 72 hours too than I have in the last like 10 years. You know, St. Louis, not a renowned yeah. seafood city. I know Denver, not really. Either. No. Uh, you know, we have the Mississippi River. We get some catfish every once yeah, in a while, yeah. but you don't want to eat seafood. Those. That's water food. <laughs> water food. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, it was awesome. The lobster rolls. I know we both. Uh, we, we had a very gluttonous dinner one of the nights, and you and I both ordered some ridiculous ribeye, and then thought it'd be good to add a, a lobster tail on top of that. Hell yeah. 
And you know uh, what? We, it was a good idea. Oh, oh, absolutely. It was, it was maybe the best idea or best idea I had uh, all weekend. Um, at least was one of the only ones that like nourished me and, and made me feel good. <laughs> Everything else was kind of taking away. So yeah, it was, it was great. Mostly downhill decision making. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was Fenway. It, it lived up. You know, I it, love it, the, it's everything you want it to be. Yeah, that yeah. that is that 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 is kind of the way. Especially if you care about baseball, it is everything you want it to be. And I have to like not the whole group is not baseball fans. I think everyone had a, like I, I do think there's an energy to it when you're in the stadium. Um, yeah, and, and I think we got lucky. And, and maybe Boston fans are just good like this. I don't really know, but I, I kind of alluded to it. I had a uh, uh, it was a, a, a couple that was sitting in front of me, and they were just giving me the hardest time about being a Cardinals fan. And I, I'm, if you see the video, I'm wearing a green monster hat, and they were confused. Like you're you're rooting for Arenado's home run, but you're wearing a green monster hat. Who the hell are you? What are you doing here? I had a a, a father and his daughter next to me, and they were kind of uh, getting after me as well for who I was rooting for. And then there was this whole party of like six people. Uh, they were turning around and flipping me off and it was yeah. all like with a smile and everything. Um, right. It was all, it was all fun and games. Like I think probably most baseball fans have had that experience where maybe they're in an opposing team stadium and, or, or NHL or NFL or whatever it is. And uh, maybe that game wasn't so fun um, or felt uncomfortable or like, Oh, this guy's going to hit me. Um, I, I think they, they did it aggressively and playfully in a way that was not scary uh, is yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think some of that is sort of like, at least until 2016, I think like the Red Sox have a view on the Cardinals in the same way that the Cardinals fans have a view on the Cubs, which is one of sort of pity <laughs> yeah. because the last two world series that the Cardinals have lost have been to the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think they're like, Oh, who are these flies landing on our hollowed grounds? We'll just swat them away. You know? Um, I mean, the, the worst part about the only bad part about Fenway is that the Red Sox play there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, we were also sitting on the uh, for, on the Red Sox side. We were on yeah. the first base side, so enemy uh, territory. We for it. I had my uh, Ozzy Smith shirt on though, and uh, I got a lot of love from uh, even Red Sox fans that were coming up to me and and uh, you know shouting out the uh, the, the Ozzy Smith shirt. And uh, you know St. Louis showed up still. This you know it being uh, I mean there were. St. Louis fans all over the place. And oh yeah! Just over throughout the whole weekend in Boston, we kept running into people in town for the game, uh, which was fun. Yeah, they were everywhere. Um, we uh, uh, yelled at Ken Rosenthal. He was. Oh uh, yeah, was, yeah. I, I did not realize it was a national game. Obviously, we were there, so we weren't watching it on TV. Um, but I didn't realize it was a national game until we towards the uh, basically at what the bottom of the eighth, we snuck down really close to the field. And uh, we see Kenny Rosenthal just sitting there right in front of us. And I think maybe I yelled or somebody yelled and he kind of like, he kind of turned polite, around. He gave a polite head nod, you know, Yeah, he's got a I great do, smile, right? I, you know, I do think he was like these 30 year olds are wearing me out right now. Yeah. He's like, but, I'm, uh, I'm working right now. <laughs> Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty good. And uh, he's small. Yeah. He's small. Uh, yeah, we 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 were able to essentially sit front row at Fenway, which was fun. Yeah. 
um, that's the move. Anytime a game like that, you know, it was essentially it was a blowout at that point. And right. Half the uh, Red Sox fans had left. So we just, you know, unmolested, were able to move right down to the front row and scream at Ken Rosenthal. It was uh, it was great. Yeah. Well, just super eventful uh, from our standpoint. Yeah. Like I said, I think I think we did everything that you can do it at Fenway. It's pretty yeah. great. Well, um, hopefully, you know, we uh, we get, find ourselves out there again sometime in the future. And if you are out there listening and you've been considering going to Fenway for a game, um, I think we we definitely recommend it. It was awesome. Man, just do it, even yeah. if the Cardinals aren't there. Although the Cardinals will be there probably next year or the year after with the schedule changes. Just go. It, it was just it was awesome. Also, yeah. I recommend, um, you know, taking, you know, 15, 16 friends and uh, kind of, you know, <laughs> taking over a whole section and, and being an obnoxious glob yep. of humanity. That's that's definitely the way to do it. I agree. So why don't we talk a little bit about the the Cardinals now? Um, so uh, but congrats, Ben, again, if for some reason, you know, this was the first episode that you've listened to. We did all this for Ben's bachelor party. So congrats, Ben. Uh Thank Despite you. Thank best you. Efforts, we were not able to um, kill him. So, uh, what well, we they, I, I, before we get into that, I will say that well, one of the plans that got derailed was we were going to go skydiving. So you probably were going to kill me at that point. Um, and then we opted. Was, and some of us got tattoos. So that maybe that'll get infected. We'll see what happens there. I'm really bummed because my plan was to fill your parachute backpack up with pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, and, pal. Uh, yeah. Well, next time. Uh, I was going to drop a piano on you when you hit the ground. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think you could forego the pots and pans if you're going to drop a piano on me. Eh. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- we have a few things to talk about um, this this week. So first, just got to hit on uh, Goldie's keeping it rolling. You know, we're, we're wishing the best with his current lower back discomfort, but that seems to be okay. Uh, but he just won NL player of the week, continuing his hot streak coming out of May. Uh, I mean, with with Mookie on the IL, it doesn't seem like that's going to be a long time. But still, with Mookie on the IL, like it's hard not to see Goldie as the front runner for MVP right now. Yeah, you know, I know Manny's in that conversation, too, and, yeah. and Manny's defensive side you know that obviously being an elite you know arenado level defender at third helps him out a lot but and i know we have cardinals colored glasses it is hard for me to find a player that has been more valuable to their team in the national league than paul goldschmidt not to mention i like i think it's kind of unfair like the way that war is calculated and that kind of stuff that obviously it uh if you play a less premium defensive position, first base being the uh, least premium uh, position, it degrades your uh, uh, or it kind of undercuts your war score or, or, or your calculation or whatever. And I kind of find like I, I understand it and there's more math to it than I just said that makes a lot of sense. But I do think that Paul Goldschmidt's defense is underrated and I do think that he should get some obscure percentage of the other players in the infield's defensive war <laughs> add because of how much throws he saves. I know that that is impossible to calculate. I also don't think like MVP or, or any of these awards should come down to one number like war or really any number at all. Um, but I, I do think that that should be considered. And especially in part of this conversation and, uh, you know, especially if you're watching 
Paul on a, a basis like you and I are, or the folks listening, like who's been better than him? Yeah. Uh, Tommy Edmond, baby. Number leading uh, baseball in war, which but is you exactly believe what that? <laughs> you know, I, I think Tommy's great. Uh, I don't know. Did you see about... the game the, the game the other night? He was all over the field. He was he catching was. fly balls in right field, catching fly balls in fouled territory in left field. He made that crazy up the middle play to to steal that uh base hit. Like that was that actually the game the other night was where I was like, okay, like I'm all in now. <laughs> it's taken me a couple months. You and I were both yeah. sort of skeptics, but like that game where he was just everywhere i was like all right this is that is where the defense like the premium defensive yeah. positioning like you see it a lot more and, and guys like bader obviously that we you know like you can see it more i i know what you're saying well, i don't disagree with it but like there is something about a high high-end defensive shortstop that you just watch a game and you're like what they're doing is bringing excess value to the team Yes. And, and I want to be clear, like, I agree that a shortstop defensively is far more valuable than a first baseman. I just want to be super yeah. clear with that. And yet you don't see Paul, you know, cutting, you know, cutting off uh, Tommy or or Brendan Donovan or whoever is to to fight for those fly balls. These guys are all over the field. And I think you kind of when you were just talking about, about that, you know what it made me think of is how I think I kind of thought maybe we even chatted about it on the on the show about the idea that maybe Tommy Edmond would be a little overexposed at shortstop. Maybe the arm wouldn't look great. Maybe the, what, whatever, you know, we, we didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, and I think that if it, anything, it is kind of like, I don't know, taking the plastic wrapping off of Tommy Edmond. Like he looks like he is, he's all over he the is, place. It's he crazy. is more involved. Yeah. He is more yeah. valuable. Like I want to yeah. say the arm pops off, you know, the, the page or anything like that, but it's everything that you need. And he is, everywhere the range is ridiculous yeah well between him and arenado you know who like at this point i think is like because of the flashiness of edmund and bader and then even like goldie's offensive explosion it's like somehow nolan arenado has become like a like the most like secretively valuable person on the team but he's still He's making insane plays at third base, but we're, I guess we're so used to it at this point that it's like, oh yeah, that's just what Arenado does. Arenado's like a guy. He do he had that what what game was it? He had a diving play, ball bounces off his glove, he picks it up and throws it and gets the out at second because I thought the yes. ball was gonna punch through the glove. I thought it was gonna yeah. knock uh like it was a Donovan or Edmund. I thought it was gonna punch them backwards like a Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you know, <laughs> hit or something like it was insane that he made that play. So not to, we're kind of spiraling here on what our topic is, but, um, yeah, I, I you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> when you look at what, well, they had a, um, they had a, a, a board on one of the games that was like the top four in war in base or in the NL right now is Edmund and then Machado and then Goldschmidt and then Arenado. And it's like, yeah. Well, that's tight. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's why the Cardinals are successful right now is that is that they're like, you know, we're getting a lot of good stuff from these you these sort of plug and play guys. You know, Donovan is doing great and you know, Bader's been good and and whatnot. But it's really that like the highs are incredibly high on the team yeah. right now. Yeah, the I mean the team has stars right now, whether whether you know the 
public or, or the rest of baseball notices that or not that is this is a star laden t- team all of a sudden which is yeah not how i predicted this season going <laughs> no well it's not how the cardinals have been arguably since Pujols. Yeah. you know like you could maybe make an argument that like beltron when they signed him he was a you know a big star but even he you know he's more of like the carlson mold um and Beltron uh, was fading, you know, he was, yeah. he was not what he used to be at that point. Same holiday, with Berkman. Yeah. You know, holiday, but like really there hasn't been like a superstar on the Cardinals since, um, that had been, that has been performing like a superstar. Right. Cause obviously Goldschmidt's been on the team for a couple of years and this is Arenado's second year. So, um, yeah, uh, well, I guess let's talk about some of the other, other, uh, maybe rising stars on the team. Gorman, huge game, puts the team on his back, a huge series against Brewers. We don't talk a lot about the individual series on the show right now, but like playing maybe the biggest series of the season right now, playing for first place in Milwaukee. First game, kind of a dud, yeah. but this last one, uh, you know, Flair or, uh, uh, Gorman, I mean, what a showing. Yeah, I mean, Gorman steals that game away for you in, in a time where, you know, we didn't know what Jack Flaherty was going to give the Cardinals. You know, he he puts his two home runs and then two hits and four or five RBIs, something like that. I mean, basically wins the game by himself like you're talking about. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean, I think we're just going to keep being surprised by Gorman. But I think I, I was kind of looking at these numbers and they're pretty in line with his uh He's walking, I think it's slightly higher and striking out slightly less than he was in AAA, uh, which makes me think he's just kind of slowing everything down a little bit. We know about the leg kick that he's kind of shortened that down. But I think the quality of the at-bats is also starting to surprise me. We've talked about how the power is like, yeah, 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 we knew he has power. Now he's banking home runs off the back wall at uh, Miller Park, uh, American Family, whatever, whatever the hell it's called now. Miller Park. Yeah. I'm going to be obstinate about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And now I'm seeing my, him like, my, my the brand I want it to be named after is the beer one, not the insurance one. They're the brewers. How did they <laughs> let it go? Um, yeah, they're the brewers. It, I hate that. But uh, the quality of at bats, his ability to lay off um, a little bit. Brendan Donovan in him. You know, I think Brendan Donovan's oh. still walking at double the pace that, <laughs> that Gorman is because he's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, he well, looks like I, a, an adult or, or whatever you want to call it. He looks like a guy that's done this before. And every one of his home runs, except for one now, has been over 400 feet. And the one that was not was 396 feet. Like, come on, <laughs> give it to him. Give him that four feet. How do you really measure that anyway? If it was one degree warmer or something like that, they would have right, gone. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, that's been fun. Um, on the less fun side of things, we have a couple uh, injured list moves. Um, first one, Yachty. Um, I think this is a good thing for Yachty. Um, I'm hoping that the, you never want someone to get hurt, obviously, but it seems like it's sort of minor. And as we talked about last week, he's been bad. So like, let's give him a couple weeks away. Um, we've seen flashes of success from him this year. So, uh, maybe a couple weeks off will, will reignite. Um, the only thing that really is a bummer to me is that this is, two or three less starts of him and Wayno, and like yeah. they only need eight more but like the season is moving along you know and so everyone they miss that's one less opportunity so um and you know who knows from an injury standpoint so uh yeah, i'm not usually like a big record watching guy but this is one of those ones that it's like seemed unbreakable and yeah. they and they have a shot at it so i really feel invested in them getting it but 
if he comes back and, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me if we start to see him being like only starting way no starts in the in the back half of the season. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about, you know, this is probably other than the pitching staff, which we'll talk about later. You know, if there is a change to be made on the position player side, it's catcher. Um, definitely didn't want it to happen this way. Um, I, you know, I, I think we talked about there's like added value in uh, Yachty and Ivan, uh, Ivan. It's Ivan. I that that is locked in now. I don't know how okay. we've been pronouncing it, but it is Ivan, according to him. Um, and, and this story that Rick Horton tells on the broadcast every time he's mentioned. Um, but I, you know, I think we talked about the added value of Yvonne and Yachty hanging out together and talking and having some of the informal coaching sessions and all that stuff. Um, and I still would not be super surprised to see the Cardinals carry three catchers at one point or demote, uh, uh, Kinzer. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not happy about this. I, I, I was kind of thinking that the move would be to, put down Kenzer and, and have up Yvonne. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you're right. I, I wonder how much of this was Yachty's barking a little bit. Hey, why don't you take the time off? Or if this injury is more serious, it's, it's hard to get a read on that, especially the way that Yachty's been used this year is so much different. We're kind of in uncharted yeah. water for us Cardinals fans. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess, you know, all we can do is wait and see the other one that is, uh, really more disappointing to me because he'd been looking so good and we saw him in in boston uh looked like old ty ty was back tyler o'neill yeah. uh i mean been hitting over 300 couple home runs bunch of stolen bases like he was he looked like late season last year tyler o'neill and uh he's got a hamstring issue which is never something you want to hear from a guy who uh speed is a major part of their game right everyone is calling it minor which is good um but still it Really, really big bummer. The The timing of it all uh, felt bad because it felt like we were maybe going to get that moment that we were hoping for this year of Arenado Goldie and Tyler O'Neill all playing well at the same time. Um, so hope he has a speedy recovery. Um, you know, I guess that's, that's just how baseball go. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think uh, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I'll, maybe we'll look into this and talk about this more next episode. But it definitely feels anecdotally like the Cardinals are being more cautious with their injuries this year. And I don't know if that's because of spring training, if I'm making this up in my head. Um, but I kind of like it. You know, I, I'd much rather have Tyler be at 100 percent than being kind of like half worn down for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do think or I guess what to say is I feel a lot better about it this time because he was hitting and he was producing. And yeah. He was looking good and having decent at bats. Um, so I well, think that we can all maybe sleep a little easier this time and not be like, I don't know when Tyler's going to come up. I don't know what's going to happen. His timing, this and that, you know, I, I do feel better in that sense. My guess, because I think you're, I, I think you're right that it, this year feels differently. Uh, but this year they actually have bench players who are being successful at the major <laughs> league level. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we can be a little more cautious with yeah. O'Neill because Donovan will play a serviceable left field and give you competitive at bats last year. The moment there was an injury, you know, it, it, it fell apart. Like <laughs> there was no one there to fill that spot. So, um, no, you're, and, this Memphis squad has turned the team around. I, I think that is the, probably the biggest value add right there is what you just said. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I, uh, a lot of love going to Randy Flores right now, scouting director. Um, and I think, uh, for good, you know, for good, good measure like it 
the team is half rookies right now and, you know, competing for first place. And they're not just, you know, being role players. Some of these guys are really a major part of the team right now. And, and, and there's some there's, freaks in the minors still. Yeah. Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, yeah. uh, like two, maybe the two of the most exciting prospects we've had in the system for a long time now. And they're just, you know, working their way through double a. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's uh, was it Tink Hence also Tink from Hentz, the yep. from the 2020 draft is looking really really good. He's a monster. So um, it's I guess you know nice to have a good farm system again. Um, it <laughs> took a little while, uh, but and, um, and, and it's fun. The pitching contributions from these kids too, Palante and uh, Thompson have been huge. I mean, the uh, the the youth on this team has been driving everything, and then we just you know, get to watch the stars be stars. And yeah, well, I, it, you know, it's, it's starting to feel a little special. Like I'm starting to feel a little, a little tingle. Oh, don't, don't, I'm not ready, Ben. I can't have my heart broken. A little uh, playoff tingle. We'll, we'll see that. Wow, don't talk about your little playoff tingle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, we talked about it. I think it was last week. We have some more clarity now on a couple things. Um, Hicks is, seemingly nearing return and he will be in the bullpen and Palante, at least for now seems to have that rotation spot. Um, so those things seemingly are working themselves out. Hicks in the bullpen is probably the right thing right now because, uh, outside of, Oh, we've been talking about this for a little while, but basically outside of the big guys, uh, the other half of the bullpen is pretty rough. And, uh, I think Hicks would be a huge addition to that. Assuming he comes back, uh, effective. Yeah. I think, you know, but we we know uh, what did Ollie say in spring training? One hundred five out of the uh, bullpen is pretty neat. I think it, he said something to that effect, um, and it is absolutely it is. Uh, yes, yeah, I I agree. It's probably the right move. The starter experiment did not go great. It kind of it kind of really never got off the ground, is the way that I view it, though. Um, yeah, and, and I'm curious to see what kind of workload he gets. What the schedule looks like is is he going to have you know, one, two inning a week, and then one, one inning a week. Are they, is it still going to be regimented? Are they still going to be pretty, pretty careful with it? But I mean, the priority is keeping him safe, keeping him healthy, not safe. Yeah. I'm sure he's, (laughs) Um, but you know, the, the whole thing that they're talking about is, well, we believe we can keep him healthier through this route and then he doesn't. So now they're switching back. I, I guess I, I, uh, I agree that it's the right move. I'm confused on uh, the the Cardinals messaging on it though a little bit. It's a little a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, I hope long term. Basically, they're saying this is not. He's not done as a starter for the future. Just right now, he's best used in the in the bullpen. And I I mean that's kind of like Zach Thompson. Zach Thompson is a starter. Should be in a rotation, but right now the team needs him in the bullpen. Um, so why don't we just move into talking about, uh, you know, the pitching, you know, in general Flaherty's back, not yeah. a great start, but you know, he's back. And so we, we pencil him into the rotation and assume, assuming health, he's starting every, every five days. Um, I guess, uh, uh, though, I don't know if you want to read the quote. Mosaic has, has started to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the team's needs, so yeah, I'll, I'll read, uh, I'll, I'll think I'll read that and then we can kind of talk about this. And this is uh, from an interview that Modet did with the athletic. 
uh, shout out Katie Wu who got this quote and who is great. Um, it's uh, so again, uh, John Mozalek said that it would probably be rotation help if they're to make any adjustments to their current big league roster. The biggest need for improvement right now is probably rotation help. Now that would come internally. It's early June, but there's no doubt we struggled with innings from week to week. So having someone able to bridge, that would be helpful. Um, Classic, like saying a lot of words without saying a whole lot of things, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of nothing, but I do think if, if there's anything to take out of that little soundbite or whatever, it's that he calls out the starting pitching. And I think that yeah. is interesting in the sense that I think starting pitching is a lot harder to acquire mid season. I think relievers, you know, relievers can be found. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, all- we got such stars as John Lester and, uh, <laughs> J a Hap last year. I mean, you are right. You are right. Uh, yeah, both are one borderline Hall of Famer and one um, guy. I can't even guy. think of what team he had his legacy with, really. Who was J.A. Happ like big with? Blue Philly? Jays or Philly? Blue Jays? Yeah. New York? Someone I'm over East. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that's interesting. There's a lot of, you know, like I, I think there's interesting names all over. Uh, there's some guys in the uh, Tigers organization that I think you could think about. Um, obviously that big fish is, uh, is, uh, over it with the Oakland A's Frankie Montas, although mm-hmm. he is going to be the, the bell of the ball. Um, <laughs> and I think everyone's going to go after him and I would be shocked if the Cardinals will move some of their young guys to get fleeced by the A's and, and get Montas. Yeah. Although I would love that. I mean, a dude that throws a 98 mile an hour sinker all day is pretty good. Um, yeah. Cardinals well, defense about- would do really well with that. And think about what it does for the team. Um, you know, Palante is doing well in the rotation, uh, and you know, good for him. Um, but like, imagine it was him who is your long relief instead of being in the rotation. You know, what it was at the start of the season, like the things, everything looks the the bullpen, the back half or the 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 weak half of the bullpen looks a lot better if they only have to pitch every once in a while, and we're not doing multiple games a series where we're we're going into the bullpen in yeah. like the fourth, third or fourth inning and something you have to use everyone all the time. Uh, you know, that's where these issues compound. Uh, I don't think, you know, guys like TJ McFarland, they're a problem um, for Hagen. You know, they're, they're not great, but really they're also being Marmol can only use what he's got, you know, and you can't throw your best ones every game. So you have to use your whole bullpen. That is, that is yeah. Mo's fault. That is not. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, th- this also Mo's little quote there, you know, obviously so many names kind of pop around your head. Andrew Chafin, he's, he's a reliever, but I, I think would be an interesting pickup for the Cardinals. I would be very curious if, the Reds would even entertain the possibility of trading Luis Castillo to the Cardinals. Like, I, I don't know. Cause that, that, you know, 10 years ago, not, not a chance in hell. Um, would that kind yeah. of trade happen in the central, especially with two teams that, you know, have a, a sense of rivalry or whatever, even though the Reds have been kind of nothing. Um, but that would be a name that I'd be really interested in. He's, I think he's only got one year left. Um, and, and, you know, I think Cardinals fans really know a lot about Luis Castillo, the the crazy fastball and the even crazier changeup. But that's a guy that I could see being fitting in really well um, and yeah. maybe being a little less expensive than Montas. I, now, maybe I'm wrong on that. 
Um, and maybe yep. the central central thing makes that cost uh, trade wise more equal. Um, Montes still has a couple years though, right? Castillo is one year after this. Um, but I, I believe Castillo is a free agent after this year. So um, I think it would ultimately be the Cardinals that are probably more hesitant than that to do that than the Reds because the Reds are losing him anyway. They're just going to look for the best package they can get. Um, but like I could see the the Cardinals not wanting to give the Reds like an Alec Burleson or um, you know or like a Teen Kent or whatever it would cost, you know. Um, because of that right, you know, in, in division thing, which I, I feel like is, I've always been a little confused by that. Like I've always thought it was a little overblown because a trade should generally be helping both teams and, you know, you're helping yourself in it, but I do get the, like trading for a rental is like very much like I'm, I'm making it harder to beat you maybe for years to come and you don't care at all. Cause you're already out this season. So I, I get that, but it always always surprising to me just how much teams avoid in division trades. I I think it's probably on an ownership level is where people like I think an owner or or a high level executives have an issue with being like, oh my god, this you know I don't I don't know Tom, Tommy Pham is killing us again or whatever. Like why is he not on my team still? I I think that it's really just comes down to optics. Optics. I don't think it's any like high level baseball thinking. I, I think it's more just like, you gotta be kidding me. We had like, I knew this guy, I drafted this yeah. guy. I've had, I've had dinner with him and his family. Um, and now he's stabbing a knife in me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of interesting starters out there. Uh, like I said, the, uh, the, uh, the tigers, the big kitties, the motor city kitties have some, uh, interesting options. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's quite the string I, of nicknames. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that those conversations are being had. At least, I guess I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the Mo cycle of updates. You know, he starts out with like, well, you know, things aren't really always working out the way that we planned them, and then you know, two weeks later, I think maybe if we had to objectively and subjectively re-review <laughs> the the analysis of the. Uh, last three of our starters, you would arguably say that it might be one of the lower parts of our team. And um, I ultimately that's not going to. Yeah. yeah, ultimately, it's not going to, you know, do what we want. And uh, we're thinking about it, you know. Anyway, I got to go to my bow tie salesman. <laughs> good bow tie rip in there. That's always good. He wears a good, a great ascot sometimes too. You know, what a man uh, of the people. He is a man of the people. <laughs> um, like earlier in the season when he walked back, Ali Marmol saying that they want to win the World Series. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that insane. <laughs> yeah, I, and I uh, know that Mosaic must be a very competitive person to be in the field that he's in and, and doing the yeah. job, but how, how he can turn it off like that for the cameras <laughs> is insane to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else? Anything else on the pitching yeah. you want to talk about? Yeah, I had another quote I wanted to read. This one is for Mr. Marmol, um, and I think you know it, it really speaks to the bullpen usage and just kind of how that's going uh, going to happen going forward. Uh, so again, this is Marmol talking to the Athletic, Katie Wu. Um, going forward, Johanna Oviedo will take over for Drew Verhagen's role in the bullpen, while Zach Thompson will do the same for TJ McFarland. Um, I think that is very good news. I um, 
I think TJ, you know, we've been bagging on TJ McFarland for a few weeks here. Um, like, how does this guy still have a job on a big league right. roster? The Verhagen of it all is very confusing to me because the break ball is obviously good. Um, it, it, it breaks um, aggressively. And we all know about the spin rates. Like, his, he's a high spin guy. Um, and, and the breaking ball is doing that and the fastball is doing it well. People are just pounding him. He has been... Or, you know, I guess depending on the innings limit, um, him or, or McFarlane have been the two worst pitchers on the team. And, and it's, you know, not being in the box, it, it is easy for me to understand McFarlane throwing up 85 mile an hour nothing ball and then Verhagen throwing this big hook and this uh, this hammer of a fastball. I don't really get it. Um, all that being said. I think these are great moves. We're, uh, I think we're a Johan Oviedo apologist podcast. We are pro Oviedo. So yes. happy to see him. And, pro Oviedo. And pro Oviedo. <laughs> Damn it. I should have had that. And uh, um, Zach Thompson, I think, um, wow. I mean, we, we talked about him in his major league debut against the Cubbies. He went four innings and, and looked fantastic. Or that might not have been his debut, but his, uh, his coming out party. And um, that that makes all the sense in the world. The dude's got gas and a, a great breaking ball from the left side. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, I, I like the Marmot quote again for its directness. And and you know, we are using these guys in this way. They are taking this job. Da 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 da. da very direct and and pretty clear. That has been such a nice change. Um, the last thing I wanted to note on the pitching staff, and I just thought this was a fun little stat to go to Hudson. He's been good, not great. You know, I think we, we've had a little bit of nitpicking in this month, but, uh, it should just be noted that in June, he has not given up a single barreled ball. Um, it is him and three other guys. Uh, so, you know, we, I think we're, we're we've seen a changing uh, of Dakota Hudson here in this month or, or, or six weeks or so. And, We've talked about it in past episodes about the slider usage, changing up his pitch mix, keeping his pitches down. He's doing things right. And uh, that just really stuck out to me because everybody gets hit hard and he has not got hit hard for, is it three starts now? Um, So, wow. Yeah, I think it's, it is great. It's, um, you know, he definitely has still some things to figure out, but um, whatever his adjustment has been, it is starting to work. So that's exciting. Well, we have a few uh, league-wide topics to talk about. Um, not a lot before we get to the uh, sort of the ending segment of the of the episode. But uh, before we do that, we want to remind everyone that this show is supported on Patreon. If you enjoy the show, want to support it, see it grow, help us uh, show your support, we would absolutely love it if you'd go to Patreon.com/slash/TalkingAboutBirds. And consider contributing. Uh, there's a lot of goofy levels on there, but you know, if, if you contribute at any level, you will be invited to the Bird Discord. It is our private Discord server. We're talking about the games, talking about uh, tweet the, tweet. <laughs> we're talking about birds in there. We're talking about <laughs> all sorts of things. Uh, it's been a nice little home for us, and we'd love to have you there with us. Shout out to our existing patrons. Uh, and if you can't do that, consider leaving us a, uh, a nice review on your favorite podcast player. Uh, we we really appreciate that as well. Um, ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds, where we're tweeting during the games and making friends and doing all that cute stuff. Uh, you can also follow us on TalkingAboutBirds on Instagram. 
Um, and again, that's talk about birds on Twitter, talking about birds on Instagram. Um, and of course, if you have any questions, thoughts, musings, complaints, uh, issues, personal grievances, Nate owes you money, um, anything like that, you can email us at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Listen to all the people that I owe money. I'm good for it, man. Okay. I'm going to get it to you. I just need a few more patrons on our Patreon. <laughs> we started a podcast and get Nate out of debt. It's not yep, working. It's not working. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, we, we just have a few topics from around the league to talk about this week. So Ben, what do you want to, what do you want to hit first? Yeah, one thing I want to hit. Um, well, actually, I, 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 this just came to the top of my head, and I didn't even write it down. But uh, it's just very funny to me that Mike Trout um, hit five home runs over the weekend against Seattle. Uh, Shohei Otani did amazing Shohei Otani type things, and they're still losing uh, by the yeah. Anthony Rendon going down with wrist surgery for the rest of the season. I, I, I cannot wait for Shohei Otani to become a free agent. I cannot wait for him for him to sign somewhere else. The Angels are. Uh, stupid and bad. <laughs> stupid and bad. I agree. I, and uh, cursed, it seems. He he is getting Barry Sanders. It's just happening. He's never going to win um, unless he leaves. I just, I I feel, I feel resolute in that. I, I want yeah. Mike Trout to leave that team and I want Shohei Otani to, to uh, become a Cardinal and Cardinals re-sign him for a big money deal and, uh, you know, going to Cooperstown wearing a Cardinal hat. Anyways, um, <laughs> deal. That's just <laughs> awesome. Um, and another thing I wanted to talk about was the MLB sent a memo to teams uh, with specific instructions on how to mud the ball after uh, Michael Lorenzen, kind of uh, another angel. That's kind of why it was in my mind, um, was talking about the reason that he hit a player recently. Uh, I think this was last night or the or the night before of this record. Um, he uh, he slipped and hit a guy, and I just like. This uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it is 2022. We've been mudding balls for over 140 some odd years. Um, there has been so much conversation about how the ball should be mudded, how sticky tack should be used, how it shouldn't be used, sunscreen, bullfrog, all these various things. Japanese league has a well-tacked ball. The Olympic ball was well-tacked. Um, we don't have these same complaints in college baseball. How are we, how is the, how, what is, what is MLB doing with the ball and why <laughs> can they not just have a, a, a plan that actually makes sense? This is, I, I think the idea of sending out the memo is obviously they're trying their best, but their best isn't good enough. And how are we still having conversations like this? I don't know, Ben. It's almost as if the uh, league has had a string of terrible <laughs> commissioners now for, uh, I don't know, three decades. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll just kind of pair this with, you know, like MLB has talked about how uh, the humidifiers, they don't know exactly how, you know, every team is using a humidifier to store their balls nowadays. And they don't know exactly how that's going to affect because there are people way smarter than me that can explain this, but essentially the dew point outside affects the dew point inside the humidor. So that means that it actually might not be doing what it's supposed to be doing in certain environments. And it's uh, like they didn't take cool. into account the atmospheric pressures of the various stadium locations. Just like 
how can a billion dollar organization be so so bad at uh, uh, the the argue the single it's the name of the game is baseball. <laughs> there is one piece of equipment that matters <laughs> to get right. It's the ball. Um, and like, it's the one that they have the most like say and control over, you know, other like, yeah, it's, it's, well, I, it's I think like, them buying the company that makes the ball. I think that was probably the downfall. Like that should not have like some antitrust, something or other should have came in for that. I, I find that to be insane. Um, but anyways, th- that happened. I find it funny, although infuriating, we can move on from that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with you, Nate, and this is just a question for you. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thought. Um, there is a new TV show, a league of their own TV show. Um, Nick Offerman is in it. Abby Jacobson from, uh, um, broad city is in it and is the head writer and a bunch of other funny people, Darcy Carden. Um, I, I can't, I can't think of all the actors and actresses off the top of my head, but are you excited about this? Do you, do you yearn for baseball TV shows? <laughs> you know, I guess I didn't know I needed it. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm as excited as the next guy. You know, it seems like it's a good group of people coming together to make the show. Anytime you hear about any sort of, you know, reboot or remake, or we're, we're taking a beloved IP and we're going to twist it and do a new thing with it. Like, my initial reaction is, well, that's going to be bad. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, why not? I guess give it a shot. It, you know, it could be funny. Like you said, there's a lot of good people involved in it. There isn't a lot of baseball, uh, you know, fiction out there right now. So I could, I could go for, uh, you know, a good baseball TV show. Like, um, I loved Ted Lasso. And it yeah. made me like soccer more, you know? And so like maybe a good TV show for baseball could make people like baseball uh, more. I, I don't know. I, I forgot to, I, I think the thing that'll probably get baseball fans on board is that Michael Schur is also the, like the creator. Of course he is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and if those of you who don't know who Michael Schur is, he's the one that created the office and parks and rec and the good place. And I'm sure another couple of TV shows I'm not thinking about, um, and more importantly, like all the good NBC shows basically all, have yeah. come from him. And, and more importantly, before that was even a thing, him and a, a couple other guys ran the fire, fire Joe Morgan website, which is like a, uh, it's just an old, what we were probably in high school when that was a thing. Um, yeah. like an old nerd, uh, 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 stat nerd website and, and blog, um, obviously named after <laughs> them thinking that Joe Morgan needs to go for saying so many yeah. stupid things. Um, and there's, that there's gives baseball, me a little bit of faith. uh, that I didn't know that. And that, that definitely helps. There's baseball, um, like Easter eggs in every show that yeah. he runs. Cause he's such a big fan. So, um, well that definitely helps. Like I said, I, I'm not too protective of any like IP, no matter how much I, you know, it's beloved to me. Like everything is redone and remade so many times that like whatever, just if it's good, it's good. And if it's bad, it's bad. Um, I don't think that a bad one thing ruins the previous thing that was good, you know? Um, so like, sure, go for it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's all I got for this week. Uh, 
All right. Well, let's jump into our our last segment. Um, I I think you know when I look back at uh, the the different games that we've played, um, you know, and their challenge level, um, you know, I think I need something easy today. Well, I'm sorry, are you gonna, man. Are you gonna kick my okay? This is, it's time for it's it's what the people want. Yeah. It's definitely the most challenging game. We're this week we're playing another edition of Bird or Boy. Oh, God. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a bird. It's a boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, right. I'm, I'm terrified. All right, so I have a list here. Yeah, that it is either. A, the, it is the, either. It is you either. You said that the, like a question master or something. I don't know. I am the question master. <laughs> okay. It is, it is either the last name of a real life uh, Major League Baseball player or a type of bird. Okay. Uh, and, and if we, I remember from the first time we played this, baseball player alive or dead. Baseball play. They played Major League Baseball at some point. Yes. Okay. Yep. And uh, if if so, you're gonna make a guess. And if it was a bird, you'll hear this. <laughs> and a new addition to the game. If it's a if it's a baseball player, you'll hear this. A real boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you on that one. That made me laugh. <laughs> it's from uh, the Disney Pinocchio. I'm hopeful that we <laughs> won't get sued for this. Come at us, Disney. That's right. All right. Um, here, let me get my thing set up here right in front of me so I can stay talking into the microphone as I all go right. over all this nonsense. I'll tell you what, Nate. Usually I feel confident coming into these games today. I feel like shit. <laughs> I thought I'd exploit your, um, you know, your lack of um, brain power this weekend and really burn you with some some high minded. (laughs) You know, we like to have fun on this show, but sometimes we have to get serious and buckle down and do some real work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so your first one. Magadan. Magadan. Magadan, Magadan, Magadan. You said it with a little bit of an accent, um, which makes me think, yeah, I don't think a bird name you would say with an accent, so that makes me think it's a person. Um, but you also may have just misspoke because you're stupid. Um, wow. I'm going to go... Those things you have to account for. <laughs> I'm going to go question. with Magadan is a real boy. A real boy! Yes. That's right. I read um, you like a book. It might also be pronounced Magadan, which Magadan. <laughs> um, a worry, Dave, worrisome character there. He, yeah, right. I don't want to hang out with Magadan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Magadan or Magadan. Uh, he actually put up 21 uh, baseball reference war through the late 80s and all the way into early 2001. So he played all the way through the 90s. All right. All right. Sickle Bill. Sickle Bill. That. I'm assuming 
knowing you that hmm, as this goes on, you're going to get more obnoxious and maybe you're <laughs> playing it a little easy right here. So that has to be a bird. Bill. There's Bill in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like a duck bill. Yes. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Sickle bill. It's a large member of the birds of paradise family. Hmm. Uh, this species is found throughout most of central New Guinea and the Vogelkop region to the northwest <laughs> in mount, uh, mountain forests at altitudes from 1800 to 2150 meters. Are we doing infotainment? Is that what this is? That's what this is. Yep. <laughs> All right. Phoebe. Say, say it again. Phoebe. Like one of the friends, Phoebe? <laughs> like one of the friends. Like one of the friends. Um, was there somebody named Scott Phoebe in the 70s? I'm going to say yes, there was. That's a boy. Oh. <laughs> Phoebe, Phoebe is a... named after a duck? Is a passerin bird in the tyrant flycatcher family. It breeds from <laughs> southwest Oregon and California south through Central and South America. It occurs year-round throughout most of its range and migrates less than the other birds in its genus, though its northern populations are partially migratory. All right. Um, yep. I'll say it again. Every time you read this bird copy, I think you're losing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Nate never gets more excited for this podcast than when he's reading off bird facts. He's locked in. We're giving the people what we want, or what you know, we're, giving the, we're giving the people what we want. Um, yeah. I, I like the bird family, tyrant flycatcher. That's scary. Yeah, they're not just flycatchers; they're tyrants about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand how that works, but it, I don't like it, and it scares me. All right, malarkey. <laughs> I specifically don't want any malarkey as part of this. Um, malarkey and Magadan need to <laughs> <laughs> go fight work, each other. Need um, to work some things out. Malarkey cannot be a bird because I feel like I would. I think I would just know that, and I and I'm gonna maybe I'm making this too hard on myself by like thinking, oh, Mike Malarkey, that was totally a home run hitter in the '40s, had to be. Um, so I might be I might be talking to myself in a circle here, but I'm going to say that is also a baseball player. A real boy. Yes. Nice. Uh, John Malarkey. John Malarkey. He put up 0.4 B war for oh, no. the Wash for the Washington Senators, Chicago Orphans, and Boston Bean Eaters. Wow, chalk the Chicago Orphans up as a team that I did not know exists. Is that a Negro League team? What is that? I've never I, heard of that. I don't think it was. I don't know. It showed up on their baseball reference. Um, I, I mean, the, the Chicago Orphans is quite the team name. I also like Boston Bean Eaters. That's good. That I can get yeah. on board with, and it makes sense. I, I thought it was fitting for for this uh, for this episode. All right, moving on. Birdsall. Ah, <laughs> uh, birdsall, birdsall, birdsall. Hmm. <sighs> this one seems <laughs> tricky, but 
they usually get more specific with the name than just calling it a bird. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say that that is also a boy. Or a baseball player or whatever. A real boy! Okay. Yeah. A real boy! <laughs> you oh. got it. A real boy! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we were really excited about that one. Um, Dave Birdsall catcher and right fielder for the Boston Red Stockings in the 1870s. Where did the last names go? I feel like they just stop. Like you don't just, are, are, are the bird souls and the malarkey's been wiped out. Where, where are these people with these great last names? I knew somebody's last name was songbird. That's pretty good. Yeah. Was he a baseball uh, player? No, no, I knew them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then, <laughs> uh, I don't know any actual successful people. All right. Um, all right. I thought I'd get you with bird, Saul. Uh, in baseball reference, I just typed in bird. <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> there are, I figured there are, um, I didn't just do, there was like Greg Bird, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought just doing bird would be pretty funny, but I thought I'd go one, <laughs> one deeper. Um, all right. Balacasio. 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 Definitely, that's a good name. I will say that. I uh, I like it. Um, but I am going to... I, I feel like it's a baseball player in my heart, but I'm going to game this, and you've done two baseball players in a row, so I'm going to switch to something I don't feel very confident in and i'm going to say that it is a bird I'm playing the game yeah yeah you played the game that's uh, test taking right there for you yeah. anybody need a test i'll do it uh well now i know how to i'm gonna game your game uh but i'll be Malacop- knowing you're gaming my game friend hey, shut up i have to read about this bird <laughs> yeah your favorite part the balacasio is a species of passerine bird in the family Decrundiridae. Oof. It is endemic to the Philippines. Its natural habitat is subtropical or tropical moist lowland forests. Wow. Wow. All right. Next one. Booby. I, I will... I know, like, the blue-footed booby is the funniest bird of all time, <laughs> uh, which may not exist anymore um and i will say if there was a baseball player with the last name of booby i would know um so i'm going to say bird (laughs) (laughs) i'm too much of a child in hell yeah Yeah. i'm too much of a child not to include booby (laughs) um the the brown booby is a large seabird of the booby family uh, of which it is perhaps the most common and widespread species. It has a pantropical range, which overlaps over inshore waters, flocks, uh, plunge dive to take small fish, especially when these are driven near the surface by their predators. They only nest on the ground and roost on solid objects rather than the water surface. Wow. All right. I'm glad we have you clear on mic just saying booby family. (laughs) And I guess you have me now too. (laughs) Yep. Um, All right. Whacker. Whacker. Hardly know her. (laughs) Um, (sighs) 
That's a tough one. I'm going to go human being, though. Baseball player, human being. A real boy. Acing it. A real boy. Uh, I'm just so excited. Uh, (laughs) Jimmy Wacker pitched one game for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1909. It's my guy. Yep. All right, then. The last one. Shell duck. (laughs) Wait. Wait. Did we do this? Shell duck. We've done this. Haven't we? I give no information. Give no information. Shell duck. Shell duck. Oh, wait. No. Okay. You did this, and my brain is telling me it's both. So I'm going to say, because you're a tricky little trickster, I'm going to say it's a baseball player and a bird. Just a bird got in your head. <laughs> Am I crazy? Have we not done that before? We, we did shell duck in the last one too. And you got it wrong because you got like two in your head about what kind <laughs> <Okay>. of. <laughs> I knew my brain was trying to protect me from something. Just not the right way. I thought I'd do it again just to dig, you know, dig deeper. <laughs> um, this is a big, colorful duck, bigger than a mallard, but smaller than a goose. Both sexes have a dark green head and neck, a chestnut belly stripe, and a red bill. Shell duck. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, that's going to wrap up uh, this episode of Talking About Birds. You, you got two wrong out of eight. So uh, pretty good. Um, pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I you know, you, you use a little game theory on me to get one of them. Right. So I have to adjust now. Um, so, Hey, you know, the, the league adjusted, you, you need to adjust back. That's right. So, um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, good luck to the Cardinals as they wrap up a big series in Milwaukee. We'll be paying close attention to that. And we will be back next week as always with another episode of talking about birds. And until then go Cardinals. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody.